five zoning ordinances in the hands of a judge, the lawsuit over Code Next, and how it could impact Austin's affordable housing. And we're tracking a change in the weather pattern that should bring rain back to central Texas. When to expect it in first warning weather. And President Biden makes history, his role in the United Auto Workers strike, and where it all stands. The city of Austin was back in court today over how it notifies you of major changes to its land development code. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders. I'm Daniel Marini. KXN's Grace Reader explains why the city of Austin says if a judge rules with the plaintiffs, affordable housing in Austin will take a huge hit. The fate of four Austin zoning ordinances, which all aim to make housing more affordable in our city, is in the hands of a judge now. The same group of homeowners who successfully sued the city of Austin over its land development code rewrite, which most folks called Code Next, are back in court against the city. The group is arguing against four ordinances, including VMU 2 and Affordability Unlocked, both of which offer incentives for developers to create more affordable housing. The group claims the city unlawfully put them into place because it didn't give proper notice to residents. It's the same argument they successfully made back in 2020. The city argued these four zoning changes don't fall into the same bucket as that last lawsuit because they're not a complete rewrite of the land development code. They also in particular pushed to keep affordability unlocked. When this hearing was initially scheduled last month, protesters showed up outside, including some current city council members and Congressman Greg Kassar, a former council member. I spoke to the attorney representing those suing the city today about those protesters affordability concerns. My position is they should be protesting, but they shouldn't be protesting at the courthouse. They should be protesting down at City Hall because the city is the one who did this wrong and therefore should get the blame for are having to file this lawsuit. Last week, Austin City Council took some steps to make this very process more transparent. I asked that attorney representing the homeowners if he thinks that that's a step in the right direction. He said yes, he thinks it is. He's hopeful that this mayor and this new council will make it so that he doesn't have to keep coming back to this courthouse. Reporting from downtown Austin, I'm Grace Reeder, KXAN News. And the city of Austin sent us a statement on today's hearing saying that it is confident the city complied with all laws, including the judgment, when it approved these four ordinances. Now, going in depth, affordability unlocked has been in place for four years. The city of Austin told us last month that more than 7,300 units had been created through that program. 5,700 of them are for only low-income people. Today, Travis County commissioners voted to continue a partnership with United Way for Greater Austin to expand child care access in the county for two years. The $1.37 million contract extension will help fund child care centers and home-based providers for lower-income families in Travis County. So this money comes at a time when over 300 100,000 kids in Texas are at risk of losing their child care. And that's because on Saturday, funding from the 2021 American Rescue Plan Act will expire. Some recent data from the National Database of Child Care Prices shows Travis County child care is the most expensive in the state. County Commissioner Jeff Trevilian says this funding will help two generations, the parents as well as the children. It is particularly important in the Eastern uh, Crescent uh, that we provide um, services as close to free as we possibly can uh, for families and pre-K all the way through 12. And our very own digital reporter Taylor Gertman has more on this partnership under the story on KXAN.com. One person is recovering after a house fire in South Austin. 
According to the fire department, it started just before 11 a.m. at a home on Fort Drum Drive that's near Stastny Lane and South Congress Avenue. Take a look at this video. The department says the fire started at one home and then spread to another. One of the homes is a total loss. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, certainly hotter than we would expect to be here in late September, but at least the humidity is noticeably lower than yesterday. In the wake of the recent cool front, we'll put that in quotes, humidity down to about 33% right now in Austin. It is a hot afternoon, though, 96 right now at 5 p.m. on the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam in Westlake. Sunshine in Austin, but notice a few towering clouds well southeast of town. Dry radar picture for 95% of us, but well southeast of the metro, we have a stalled front, the same one that brought the lower humidity today with a few little isolated thunderstorms possible along it. There's not much falling in our viewing area right now, but eastern Lee County, eastern Fayette County, you may get clipped by a couple of these showers coming down from the College Station area. Coming up, we've got even hotter temperatures over the next few days, but then a welcome pattern change. When to expect some October storms in your forecast. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, now to the UAW strike where negotiations are colliding with politics. And President Joe Biden made history today, standing with workers on the strike against the nation's leading automakers. NBC's Jay Gray reports now from Lane, Michigan. Hey there, good evening, and you can see just behind me the strike continuing here outside of the Ford plant in Wayne, Michigan, striking union members outside the gates of this plant and plants not only across Michigan, but the entire U.S. right now as the strike continues between UAW workers and the three U.S. automakers. Today, history made just a few miles from here, President Joe Biden becoming the first sitting president to ever stand shoulder to shoulder with striking workers. And he made it very clear why he was here and whose side he's on in this fight. Stick with it, because you deserve the significant raise you need and other benefits. Let's get it! Let's get yeah. back who we lost, okay? Yeah. And the president's visit coming just a day before the former president, his predecessor, as well as the front runner for the 2024 Republican nomination, Donald Trump, makes a trip to the Detroit area where he's expected to visit with auto workers as well. So the picket line becoming very political right now. As for the main sticking point in the negotiations here, it still continues to be centered around pay and compensation. The union has asked for a 40% raise for employees, 20% of that up front. The automakers have reportedly responded, offering about half of that 20, 21% with 10% coming right off the bat. Negotiations are continuing and union leaders have made it very clear that they are willing and ready to call out thousands of additional workers from the production line to the picket line if both sides can't find some common ground pretty quickly. That's the latest here in Wayne, Michigan. I'm Jay Gray. Now back to you. Former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani is the latest target in a string of lawsuits from Hunter Biden. The president's son is suing Giuliani and another attorney on allegations of computer fraud and data access related to a laptop Hunter Biden is said to have left at a Delaware repair shop. The filing says Giuliani and the other attorney, quote, dedicated an extraordinary amount of time and energy to hacking into and obsessing over data from Biden's devices, including the laptop. It adds that the data was also manipulated, altered and damaged. Biden is seeking over $75,000. NBC News has reached out to Giuliani and the other defendants for comment. 
Adult migrants in New York City have been are being evicted out of hotel shelters. Why the city says they've got to find another place to stay. And people in Leander say an intersection there is making for a dangerous drive. What they want done to make their community safe. New York City started evicting migrants from their shelter locations over the weekend and city officials informed the adults in July that they would have to find another a more housing or reapply for a city shelter spot. Now 60,000 migrants and asylum seekers live in 200 city run shelters there and city officials say the shelter system has long surpassed the breaking point. The city estimates 10,000 new migrants are arriving every month and by law the city has to provide shelter to anyone who needs it. Migrants who are evicted can reapply to stay at a new shelter. I believe they did not come all these thousands of miles to live in a shelter with hundreds if not thousands of others. And the migrant crisis has cost New York City $2 billion and that cost could jump to $5 billion next year. New claims against Amazon today accusing the tech giant of an illegal monopoly over online retail. NBC News technology correspondent Jacob Ward tells us about the lawsuit filed by the Federal Trade Commission. That's right, the Federal Trade Commission has filed suit alongside 17 states against Amazon, the one-stop shop retailer which it accuses of assembling a, a web of monopolistic practices that have served to stifle competition and unfairly take money out of your pocket. The FTC has had trouble winning cases recently and this proves to could, could prove to be a landmark case in testing antitrust law against big tech in the United States. We'll be looking at the stakes, not just for law in general, but also for your wallet coming up on Nightly News. Well, coming up ahead, the data showing record low sea ice levels and the animals most at risk. And another hotter than normal day locally with high temperatures so far hitting 96 today in the city, 97 so far at Austin Bergstrom. We'll have your forecast looking toward the weekend after this. An intersection in Leander is getting a dangerous reputation. And right now, KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with neighbors that live near Heritage Grove Road and US 183 to find out why some are choosing to avoid driving through it at all. Here at this spot, when cars reach the end of Heritage Grove Road and they want to turn onto US 183, they've got to cross two lanes of traffic coming both ways, going about 60 miles per hour. The city of Leander says since March, there have been five crashes here, all stemming from cars trying to turn left onto the highway. The area around this intersection is being developed more every day, with housing developments being built nearby. One man I spoke with that lives close to the intersection says he's adjusted his commutes to avoid it. It can get a little dangerous, so sometimes I take, uh, you know, San Gabriel um, and go, go that route to come back home. Um, but I feel like if there was a traffic light, it, um, I could see it be uh, more safe coming this direction because one, it's, it's already really windy on Heritage Grove coming in. People have reached out to us at KXAN to ask why a no left turn sign hasn't been put up here. I reached out to the city of Leander who says putting a sign up like that would be TxDOT's call to make. In Leander, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. 
And the most recent crashes at that intersection happened pretty recently. There's been one crash this month so far, and then there were two in August. And looking in depth right now in July, we sat down with Mike Sexton, the Director of Engineering for the Central Texas Regional Mobility Authority for an update on the 183 North project. Now, Sexton says the Cedar Park-Leander area has seen explosive growth over the last 30 years, leading to about 190,000 cars a day on that section of the roadway. So this is two express lanes in each direction uh, from 45 down to Mopac. There'll be a direct connector from the express lane on 183A directly to the Mopac express lane. So tr uh, people leaving from central Austin will be able to get on the express lane and uh, basically run the express lane toll lane all the way through to uh, Lakeline Mall area. And construction kicked off in 2021 and should wrap up in early 2026. The U.S. National Snow and Ice Data Center says sea ice that packs the ocean around Antarctica hit record low levels. They warned the shift can have some dire consequences for animals like penguins who live on the sea ice, while also hastening global warming by reducing how much sunlight is reflected back by the white ice into space. Uh, when measured on September 10th, the ice covered 6.5 million square miles. That's the lowest winter amount since satellite records began back in 1979. Mm, okay, low ice levels there, and for us, low lake levels. The low lake levels, right, and plenty of hot weather, mm -hmm. too. We had the hottest summer on record at the airport. Looks like this will finish as the second hottest September on record in Austin. But a shade of good news in the lake level department. Thanks to recent rainfall, look up there at the top of your screen. Yesterday, the LC CRA reports that more than 50 million gallons of water flowed from creeks and streams that have been dry forever into the Highland Lakes. That was more water to flow into the Highland Lakes in one day than we had during all of August. August brought our lowest inflows on record, only 42 million gallons into the lakes the whole month. Even though it sounds great to have millions of gallons of water into the lakes in one day, these are big lakes, don't forget, and they're very low. Lake Travis and Buchanan didn't rise even an inch from the inflows yesterday. Travis is still 34 feet low. We need a lot more rainfall than this to make a significant dent in the drought for some perspective. And you can see how low the lakes are today, just holding steady instead of falling in the past 24 hours. The sometimes island or sometimes peninsula fully out. 98 degrees right now. Now, several days into autumn. Incredible. It's 90 right now in Fredericksburg, 96 down there in Luling, mid-90s in Austin on another hotter than normal day. This, though, as promised, coming with lower humidity. The cool front, we'll put that in quotes, moved through last night. Northeast breezes are blowing at 5 to 10 miles per hour, making it feel a little more comfortable, although it is still pretty hot out there this evening, isn't it? We have some rain firing up along the stalled frontal boundary to our south. A little isolated shower possible this evening south of Austin and again tomorrow. Overall, though, this awful heat dome is still in control of our weather, even though it's way out there over the Baja Peninsula of Mexico. This will continue with maybe even hotter weather for the next several days, but then let me project you to a welcome pattern change beyond the seven-day forecast next week. 
This heat dome retains its control for the next several days, but by this coming weekend, let's pause as the heat dome starts to shrink and a stormy trough of low pressure uh, arrives on shore on the west coast. Eventually next week, this trough of low pressure or the stormier weather pattern should be able to make it all the way to Texas, overcoming the heat dome and bringing back some rain. This, though, is not this Friday. It's next Friday, so this is still a ways out. A little bit of a silver lining to look forward to, though, with wetter than normal weather expected to continue or return rather locally in the 8 to 14 day outlook. Wetter than normal for early October is pretty wet because October is a pretty stormy month for us. We'll stay on top of this in the coming days and pass along more details as they come into focus. Tonight's forecast in the meantime, just kind of the same thing. Mild, calm wind, 72 degrees with relatively low humidity. Tomorrow it's hot with just an isolated shower possible. Light east winds and a high temperature about 8 degrees above normal at 96. After that, we're getting awfully close to 100 a bit later this week. 97 Thursday, 98 on Friday. Hot and dry weather for the first uh, day of October this coming Sunday. Remember, those decent rain chances are beyond the seven-day forecast, but you can start to see a little rain chance creep back in at the end of the seven-day forecast next Tuesday. Well, counting down to a shutdown, what's being done to prevent the government from closing down as time runs out for House Republicans. Tonight on News Nation. It's been months since East Palestine, and it's not over. We're reaching out to everybody in the chain of accountability. We're not going to let it go away. Cuomo, live from East Palestine. Tonight, only on News Nation. Then on Banfield, a truck driver charged with two cold case murders. Could there be more? The DNA evidence, his disturbing social media posts, and how police tracked him down. Tonight on Banfield, only on News Nation. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Time is running out to fund the government before the Saturday night deadline. Senate leaders just introduced a short-term funding bill, and they could start debating it tonight. And it's not clear if it would pass in the House, where a group of hard-right Republicans are blocking efforts to sign off on a deal. NBC's Alice Bart reports. In the scramble to prevent a government shutdown, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is running out of time and in a bind. As he tries to appease hard-right holdouts in his own party, he's packaging a short-term funding bill with beefed-up border security. I think that's the appropriate way to be able to keep government funding, secure our border, while we continue to keep government open to work on the rest of the appropriation bills. But many of those hardline House Republicans have vowed to never back another short-term spending plan again. And turning to House Democrats for a clean bill without border policy could cost McCarthy his speaker's gavel. Instead of worrying about the Rubik's Cube, about how he holds on to power, if he does what's right for the country, I actually think that will be good politics. In a new video message, President Biden calling out Republicans for backing out of a spending deal reached months ago. It's time for the these Republicans in the House to start doing their job, doing the job America elected them to do. If the government does shut down, paychecks will be delayed for millions of federal workers, even military members who've been protected in past shutdowns. Across the country, Americans frustrated with the dysfunction. Times are really tight right now, and I'm sure every every check counts, so that's my concern are for those people. For now, federal agencies getting contingency plans in place for a shutdown that appears inevitable.
In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Tonight on KXAN, it's The Voice at 7 p.m. Then it's the finale of America's Got Talent. That'll be at 8. Then KXAN News back at 10. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here's where to find us.